Luke 2, verse 11 says this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now these messages become so common that I fear that we just kind of go through them like tradition. You know what the Word of God says about tradition? Um, it can make this whole service of no effect. Make the Word of God of no effect. This beautiful Word of God that He has given to us and He's done for us. So I pray that you could shake off tradition today and simply listen to the Word of God as if God Himself is speaking to you because He is. He is through the Word of Almighty God. For unto you, unto me, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And that word Savior means deliverer. Now you think of our nation. You think of the weird things that's going on in our nation, stuff that I never could imagine that would be going on in our schools and our government and uh, being played out in the news right in front of us, the, the unbelievable sin and mothers killing their babies and all this weird stuff. That you, I don't know if you see it in the news. It's, it's hard to take every day. So I would have to say, uh, don't you think we need a Savior? I mean, look what's going on. So that word Savior means a deliverer, preserver. It means to make alive unto you this day in the city of David, a deliverer, a preserver. That's just it's unbelievable. One who makes alive, which is Christ, the anointed, the Lord, the supreme, the eternal being, unto you this day. I saw someone put on Facebook uh, a picture of a king-sized bed. I don't know if you saw it. Did anybody see what I'm about to say? A king-sized bed, and it was a picture of the manger. That's the king-sized bed. One who makes alive, which is Christ, the anointed. It's just like the blind man said. He said what? One thing I know that where I was blind, now I see. He came because you and I are blind. We're blind to the things of God. You didn't come out of your mother's womb serving God and praising Almighty God. You did not grow up seeking and wanting to Lord. You were blind to it. The, the actual gospel uh, is blinded to the masses that are out there. So the Lord said, I have come to make the blind see. Like Martha said, Martha said, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. But Jesus said, no, 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 Martha, listen up. I am the resurrection. The Lord came, listen, to defeat death. Every one of us are going to die. Unless the Lord cracks the sky and the rapture comes today. Before you open all your little presents. And that would be quite fine with me. But other than that, you and I ought to be thankful that unto this day, whatever day it was, that our Savior was born. And that He said to you and to me, I have defeated death. I am the resurrection. Once you were blind, but now you should see. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, America, how sad we are. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. A new heart also will I give you. You know, all through my saved life, I've always constantly asked the Lord for a new heart. Not just... Uh, before, way back when, and I didn't even really know about the Bible, and I was asking the Lord, I'm trying to follow this guy to say the right words, because that's what Catholics do, so I make sure I'm born again and didn't know about the new heart. But after I heard about all that, I constantly asked the Lord, please, God, give me a new heart, because I know my heart. I know what it's like, and I know what it can be like. So God says this through Ezekiel, hey, I will give you a new heart 
and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, means or a, a freshness. The Bible says that our hearts are desperately wicked. Your heart within you right now. Desperate. Desperately. Seriously. Gravely ill and sick. That heart or that mind center, the way we think without Christ, is desperately wicked. And so the Lord said, unto you. My Father sent me for a Savior to you because you have a heart problem. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. If you, for some reason, would have the courage this Christmas to finally fall on your knees and give the Lord the glory due His name. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new because of what we call in America a Christmas Eve because of the story that we've just seen on, on that video. If you truly are serious with Almighty God, He does a miraculous miracle inside of you. You become a new person, a brand new person. Now You might think I'm weird, but that's okay because I am. Sometimes when I see like our brand new little babies all over the place here, and I think of their hair, everything's brand new. Their skin, you touch it, it's so amazing. Their head's still soft, and their lips, and I always think of this, I really do. Their lips, nothing vile has come out of their lips. No filth has gone into their ears. And sometimes I would think, Lord, I sure would like to be like that again. I would sure like not have to hear the world and all its words. But God tells us spiritually, he makes us Brand new. All things have become new. And when you look at this Christmas story today, you've got to, God did it for us, for you, you as an individual, you who think no one cares, you who think no one loves, maybe you don't even have a present wrapped for whatever reason, life has thrown you some curveballs. But God says, listen, I have done this for you that you might have life. To me, that is amazing. Isaiah 9 tells us this, For unto us a child is born. That's a promise. Unto us, us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Unto me, God is telling me this story. His name shall be called Wonderful. When Bruce was hooking me up to, to speak, he said, after 35 or however many years, I'm so glad I'm saved. And I'm thinking, man, that was, that's, that's wonderful. And I leaned back to him and said, man, the older I get, the gladder I am. It's, he's wonderful. What, what wonderful news to have. Because sometimes, again, being weird, you might think, I think this, I do. I think, wow. If I am 80, that gets to be pretty old. And then I think, well, 80's kind of close to me. It is. It's, it's pretty close. And so I think, without God, that would be horrendous. That would be horrible. With God, sometimes I'm frightened. With God, a lot of times I'm frightened about it. Thinking, how's that going to happen? Which way am I going to go? Because I've been to so many nursing homes and so many hospitals. I've seen about every way someone can die. And sometimes I think, which way am I going? And then 
I think about these scriptures like today, and I'm thinking, God, you've did all this for me. I'm not to worry about that. You will take care of me. You will bid, because unto me a child. If you want all this problem, all this stuff you've gone through to save my soul, you will be there with me. That's how much he cares about you and me. His name shall be called Wonderful, Marvelous, Great, Amazing, Awesome, Unto me a child was born today. I hope you get where I am today. And his name shall be called Counselor. Where are you at? There are many difficult decisions you have to make. Advice. He's your guide. Your purpose. God gives you a purpose. I believe most people just float around in life trying to do something. You lay carpet. You drive a truck. You're a bank teller. And somehow Christians do the same thing. Well, whatever you do, you build houses, you tear down houses. I don't know what you do. You lay concrete, you lose your purpose. God will give you a purpose, a purpose, a reason to live. Psalms 32, 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. With my eye, the Lord said, if you understand why the Lord has come and you and I have a desperately wicked heart and we don't even know the ways of God and God says, that's why I'm here. Your deliverer, your savior, your redeemer. A lot of you find yourselves in unbelievable, difficult situations. Man, why not run to the counselor? Why not run to the counselor? God says, I will instruct thee today. Psalms 48, 14 tells us this. For this God is our God forever and ever. How awesome is that? Many times we stand before God and say, for, so help me God, I'll love her all the days of my life. And that doesn't last very long. You end up divorcing each other. Now God's not like that. God says, for this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide even unto death. And I'm thankful for that. Because I tell God, God, I'm a scaredy cat. Even unto death, you have to be with me. Remember, you chuckle when I say it, but I can't handle the dentist chair. I can't. So how about when that time comes for me? God, you will be my guide. You will take care of me even unto death. All because of this day. Coming like that baby and everything in between, that picture that we saw, the Lord has made a way and has done it for me. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there's a season, to every time, every purpose under heaven. Ephesians 1.11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things. The Lord has a purpose for your life. I'm not just a number in the sea of humanity. I'm not just part of the masses. I'm an individual with the fingerprint of God on my heart and on my life. No matter where you're at, no matter what the enemy's screaming in your ear, all the Goliaths, you can't lose sight that you have a purpose. And God will share it with you. He will. He whose name is purpose has a purpose for me. Romans 1.7 says this, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, you're called. You're called to be a true believer. Now, as much as we kick against this, I believe this church is called to be here at this time, at this location, on that highway, in this city, in this county, in this state. 
And I do believe this, we all also are called to be a spark to seemingly a lifeless religion. A lifeless, without spunk, compassion, power, Christianity. You're called to be that spark. You are. Unto this day, that's your purpose. And most of us are missing it. Trying to hack out a living and buy Cheerios and milk instead of concentrating on your purpose. God says, seek ye first your purpose. My purpose for you. And I'll add the Cheerios and milk. I'll take care of all that. God's looking for a spark amongst his people. Unto you this day. He's given us all the promises, all the ammunition we need, all the weapons to be that spark here. God says, I will counsel you. I will give you purpose. I will give you advice. And I will guide you. Huh. 1 Samuel 5, 2 says this. When the Philistines took the ark of God... They brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when, that, and, and when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. The Bible says that our God is a champion, the prevailing God. And you cannot bring false gods into your life, into your church, into your country. God says, I will knock them on their face. And as a prime example, they brought the presence of God into where their God was, Dagog. I think it was the head of a fish and hands and all that of a man. And it was on its face when they came in. So they did what men do. They rose up early in the morning and Dagog was upon his face before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagog and set him back in his place again. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms and the hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Now look, I don't know where President Trump is. As far as the Lord, I like what I hear. I put that little clip on Facebook and... One of my old buddies, very respectful, said, I hope he believes what he's saying. And I told him, well, it's better than what we've had. And so you and I are in a war. I believe our nation's in a spiritual war. All that you see in the news has never happened before. In fact, the former administration has started a group to counterattack everything that our current administration is doing. Do you understand that is so far unreal? It has always been the policy of the president that is leaving to just be silent and drift off somewhere in the sunset and leave the president alone. The last group has organized, there's 30,000 people and tons of billions of dollars to undo. Now, I'm not talking Democrat, Republican. I don't care about that. I'm talking about America. I'm talking about Christianity in America. And so therefore, you and I are in an unbelievable war. Our purpose, day God, has been set up. And it was all set up. It was bought and paid for. Lives were paid for. Millions of dollars exchanged hands. Media bought. And yet, God still put his man at his time in there against all odds. I have no idea how that happened. Outside of a miracle. Okay, now, 
Uh, again, I'm telling you, I'm, God's not a Republican. God's not white. I'm not saying any, any of that at all has nothing to do with it. I'm trying to tell you your purpose as the people of God until this day has been given to us a champion. And it's Almighty God. If we take that serious and, and realize our purpose on your knees and on your face can change the heart of our nation. It really can. I mean, just look at it. I don't know what you watch on the news, but it's, they, were, they were all paid and bought for. It was impossible for her to lose. <clears throat> but America, the church, I think, woke up. They started realizing its purpose and started to pray, and things started to happen. But we have, we have a short uh, wake span. We, we fall asleep way too fast. And that's what I'm afraid of. Deuteronomy 20 says, When thou goest out to battle against thy enemies, and look, they always have it paid for. They always have everybody in high places. They always have everybody in their hip pocket. It's impossible for them to lose. It's the same thing back then. The Lord says, When you go out, there's always enemies. And when you go out to battle and you see horses and chariots, people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when you are come nigh unto battle, the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. Listen, and say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, do not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. Here's why, because of Christmas. Unto you, your Lord God, is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. The Lord has started off. He has come, Emmanuel, God with us. And he has put us here for such a time as this, in this location, at this hour. He's not going to bail on you now. Emmanuel doesn't mean God all the time almost, sort of, with you. What's Emmanuel mean? God's with us. Doesn't care about the media. He didn't care about Caesar. He don't care about the group that just has organized themselves. And his name shall be called the everlasting father, never ending, world without end. Name shall be called the prince of peace, safety. Church, you must know your purpose and why the Savior came. Yes, because we were blind. Yes, because we need saved. Yes, we need a deliverer because we're always getting in trouble. But yes, for a purpose and for a reason. I pray this Christmas you open up your purpose. You ask God, God, what is my purpose, please? Psalms 91.1 says, He that dwelleth in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. We say that so often, but do you hear those words? Say this to the Lord. You are my refuge. You are my fortress, my God. In Him, in you, in my deliverer, will I trust. No matter what, if you're totally alone and nobody in your family loves you, cares about you, God says, I do. Luke 2.11 says again, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ has given me life. He has given 
me purpose, has given me understanding, and has given me protection. All through the years. John 9, 39 says this, And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see. I wonder if you can say this as I can. Once I was blind, but now I see. I do. I see. I see. Just like we, last night, we sh- or last Sunday, we showed you videos of all the fulfilled end-time prophecies that are happening right now. Damascus before, Damascus now. Ezekiel 38, uh, Egypt, Iran, no, Turkey, Iran, and Russia, shaking hands, never happened ever before. Once I was blind, but now I see. And the only reason why I see that is because the Lord has come into my life. Jesus says this to you today. I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And the Americans always mess this up. They, this abundantly is this abundant life in Christ. It's that abundant joy, that abundant peace, that abundant confidence and safety that you can run to him and pray for him at any given time. It's not material. It's not six cars and four houses. I can testify that the Lord has given me more abundantly than I ever thought or dreamt ever, ever possible, ever. I only came to Zanesville because I couldn't find work in Pittsburgh back in the 1980s. This is the last place in the world I would have picked. It, it just is. I mean, I'm from, I'm from Pittsburgh. I just never, Zanesville? How could you be working in Zanesville and not in Pittsburgh? I mean, remember I would tell you, go out to lunch on a sidewalk in Pittsburgh, you're walking amongst 1.5 million people. So in my life, in my, what I thought I was living and conducting my life and how I was being, I can testify that I had no friends. Now I have many. It's the truth. As many of you I can call upon you at any given time. I had no goals. To this day, I still don't really know why Ruth married me or said yes. I, I, don't, I really don't understand that outside of the Lord made her. <laughs> for this purpose, seriously, for this purpose, I had such a brutal, hard heart, and I had to have her, apparently, is what the Lord was saying. If I had no friends, I have many. I had no goals. No goals. Now I have a purpose. I have a reason. Yeah. When I, I do, and I go away and vacation, and this time we were away and we saw some splendid things, but man, I get antsy to come back to Zanesville. It's like, what? You're in Maui. I know. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it's the truth, is it not? It just, but I think that's part of the calling and the desire and the, the antsiness to get back in and how's so-and-so and how's this and what's going on. What's happening? I have no goals, now I have a purpose and a reason. I cannot think of just getting up and doing nothing. And I, I'm pretty good at nothing. I can try to really do nothing good. But I, I can't. I can't do nothing. The last one is here is once I was lost, but I know I am now found. I have no reason, no 
understanding, no purpose of being able to do what I'm doing, but God has permitted it. All because of unto me one day I understood Christmas. I still remember in my dad's basement, wasn't a finished basement. We had a record player, if you remember what record players are. And it was going around and around and a little, little record player on top of the washer. And I think it was playing, is it Hark the Herald Angels sing? Is it verse 1 or verse 2? It talks about the newborn being born again. And isn't that the Christmas carol that says that? Is it? You just ruined the story. Whichever, whichever one it is, it's being sung by Perry Como and all those guys that always sing Bing Crosby. They're singing being born again. I'm like, are you kidding? I remember saying, Ruth, listen what they're saying. Like if it was a freshly made song. And they've sung it. They all sang it. Dean Moore, all of them sang it. Never knew it. And that day I knew it. Thinking, oh my gosh. I've been singing this forever. Listen to this, Acts 17, because I don't want to keep you whole long this, this day. But in NIV, it says this. Listen, to those of you who are not sure about serving God, pay attention. It says this in verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples built by hands. He made everything, the Lord of heaven and earth. This is who he's saying, this is who's talking to you right now. It's not a representative of me. It's not a pastor. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. There's no place you can build a place for God. 25 says, And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Do you understand? Even those in here who won't serve God, it's Almighty giving you your breath. Even when you want to use it to say this, not now. He's given you that breath. Verse 26 says this, For one man he made, for from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. That's why you're here. God decided it. Now here's the one, 27. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. So here we are, another Christmas, another Christmas Eve, talking about the Lord, manger scenes, Christmas lights up all over the place, nice to see, and God is saying, just perhaps one of you will reach out to me. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being or our reason, as some of your own poets have said. We are his offspring. It's amazing. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is called Christ the Lord. Christmas isn't for kids, it's for us. It's coming to the earth, the birth, the nativity. He did it for you and I. It's amazing. I had a song set aside, but I'm going to pass on it. I'm going to ask our band to come back. Because as soon as I started hearing them sing that song, Oh Holy Night, to me it just went with what I was saying. Unto you this day, on that holy sweet night. So as they play, it's going to be our altar call. And as they sing verses, maybe, maybe you would like to come to the altar and fall on your knees and give the Lord glory his, to his name. Maybe sometimes your knees flare up and swell up like mine do. Just come and stand before God and fall on your knees in your heart and give him glory and thank him for what he's done. Let's stand. Give our band a chance to get their stuff together. Oh, holy night. You were on God's mind. Specifically, your name, you as a person and an individual, not just, oh, I'm dying for the world. No, I believe he knew you. Come, fall on your knees.